welcome to what I'm sure will be the finest episode of ARG we've ever filmed. My name is Amigo Aaron. Today, joined by a man hiding cunningly to my right, I give you the Brent. I'm not hiding, a micro. Is that what you are? <laughs> That's as micro as I can get. Trust Sorry. me, your talent's micro, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, listen, if you joined us last week, uh, we spun a wheel, we made the deal. And what a deal. I've been, I'm excited about this one, Brent. Ah, yes. You're because, excited about all of them. That's right. But this one in particular. Oh. Because it was suggested by a handsome genius. This week, we're going to be looking at, bam, the microvision. Yes. The microvision, uh, literally, you one could say, in fact, I'd say pretty much without argument, that this was the first cartridge-based handheld console, Brent. Swappable cartridges, Cartridge-based yes. handheld console. Now... If you're a long-time viewer of ARG Presents, We're sorry. God bless you, uh, you'll know that we often cover these systems, but we've never actually got to physically touch them. They're gone, long gone. And today will be no exception. Wrong! Oh! Wrong! Oh. Because in this room, if, if you'll do me the honors, handing this over here, oh. I'm going to give you a first-hand oh. view of my microvision. You can see I cleaned it up for the show, by the way. There it is. This is a box of microvision that I bought locally. Yes. You know, in fact, but I'm going to let you do most of the holding and demonstrate why I do over, go over the facts. <laughs> so why did I, you just have me hold so the box? Here, in fact, is the inside of microvision. If you're watching at home or if you're listening, this is a small, I'd say, how many inches long would you say the microvision is, the brand? It's about a foot. It's about a foot long. And it's an interesting unit. Uh, I read, first off, before we get too deep into it, this is America. You may not have noticed that. <laughs> and in America, everything has to be 10 times huger than it is. And the engineers, the brilliant engineers that put this together, you can set that down. No, no, I want to show them this. Anyone that put this together would know this is actually too big, right? When they envisioned this, the engineers were like, yeah, we can make this to, uh, ultimate to what would amount to the same size as like a Game Boy or Game Boy Advance. And, and the Milton Bradley were like, no, heck no, this is America. <laughs> We want something beefier. And so they put together this big dog here, the microvision. I want to go over some I want to, I want to show back. real quick, Aaron. This is the inside of the box that has where the built-in game or the, the pack-in game instructions are. Yeah. Did you even know that? I did know that. It's very strange that for the built-in game blockbuster, which we'll get to in a moment. So let's talk about what Brent holds up the microvision and kind of like a, a supermodel would. Let's talk about this little thing. Uh, again, this was manufactured by Milton Bradley, developed by Jay Smith at, J at Smith Engineering. Now, for an astute uh, retro gaming enthusiast, one might remember Jeff Smith, Jay Smith. Uh, Jay Smith was the genius behind the Vectrix brand. Oh. So this is literally the great granddaddy, I guess, not right, really, not that far back, I guess, sort of stepbrother of the uh, Vectrix. Uh, a brilliant fellow over there. Uh, he worked on a lot of stuff for uh, Milton Bradley, including uh, your handheld, we was handheld baseball, football, some stuff like that. Something I didn't know until I did a little research. So Smith Engineering uh, had a side business, and their side business was doing these sorts of screens like this. These little tiny, these screens, LCD displays. And so they were familiar with them. And so when they pitched this idea to Milton Bradley, they got it over. Uh, if you, you can't see this by watching it, but if you look, this tiny little screen here is a 16 by 16 pixel screen. That is incredibly small. It was the smallest of its time. 
Uh, and so it was very impressive for its era. Now, now something we need to note here. Yeah. The, it is 16 pixel by 16 pixel. Yeah. But uh, th them some beefy pixels. There's some, well, I mean, not that beefy. Keep in well, mind. Well, it's not 16 pixel. It's right. 16 uh, 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 it's, resolution. Yeah, it's but, 16 by 16. Yeah. Each dot is one of the 16. Right. Uh, this was released <coughs> way back, much like myself. This is I'm released in the 70s. This came out in 1979. Ponder that, if you will. I was two. I think the Game Boy made its uh, debut in 85 to 86. So this predates that by a substantial amount. Uh, again, Mel Bradley looked at this thing sort of like more like a, a, like a football or something like that. They looked at it like, no, like an electronic game that just happened to have a gimmick, basically. Oh, all right. Uh, this thing has a Intel 8021. Uh, Slash TI TMS eleven hundred. I'll get to that. And the CPU on these things, all the CPU is on the cartridge. Yeah, you want to pop that cartridge? I will in? pop this off because Brit never can do it. This I, I I don't down at the bottom of the console here. There's these two little bars. If you pop them, if you pop them, <laughs> sometimes they can be a little difficult to pop. Pop them. Uh, that was being that was being troublesome. Yeah, there it goes. So if you pop these off, right, you want to show them that? The entire front of this thing is the cartridge. So oh. you literally take off the bezel, the button overlays, and the screen overlay. And the marquee. And the marquee. It all comes off. Does this remind you of the Vectrix a little bit as well? Which had the which has the removable plate, you know, uh, the removable uh, screen covers to change the game. So it's again, this was a something that was taken forward. Uh so, as I mentioned, these cartridges, in fact, have the CPU. Uh, they, set, they switch CPUs in these cartridges after a while because the, cart the, original, uh, the original CPUs were difficult to get and were getting more expensive, so they switched over to another CPU. Uh, as I mentioned, the, Jay Smith had worked on uh, LCDs before he made this. His company, get this, they were responsible for They were manufacturing LCD screens. For Hughes Aircraft. If you can think about uh, that. So there were LCD screens using aircraft. And so that's where they got the idea for this thing. Uh, so when this was released uh, in, uh, in, to the world, the first year this thing came out, it was quite a revelation. Uh, they uh, sold quite well, uh, the Brent. And uh, they were made, I think the first year, they were made like, I think it was $8 million off Woo! these things. Keep in mind, this is 70s money. Uh, this isn't uh, this isn't uh, 2023 money where we're at now. So that was a, quite a bit of game of action back in the day. Uh, they also helped kickstart Jay Smith's corporation to a bigger deal. Now, ultimately, 12 games were released for this thing, Brent. We'll sort of go over them a little bit. Uh, but one would ask if this thing did so well, like what happened here? Well, what happened was. Milton Bradley saw video games as a uh, as a fad, as a lot of American companies did. I should mention, if you look at this battery pack in the back, flip that around here and read what it says in there. Uh, can take take the batteries out. They're nine volts. Yeah, yeah, two nine so, volts. So eventually, when they switched CPUs, they required less power. All right, so you'll get some of these. They didn't want to change the molds. And so the second battery is basically, it says, this is where you keep your spare, effectively. Ah. 
in the microvision. There's a spare battery compartment in there. Uh, it's a real unusual, uh, it's a, a revision, basically, on these. I don't believe this, this is no, one this of those. One so they actually had, a, you could actually run them on lower with the, uh, with the other CPU, which is kind of weird. That tells me that this is an older version of this. So the games, like I said, there were, there were five games available at launch. Uh, there are 12 total, and these games cost $20, okay? So they were $20 each. So what did you? What were the games, and I'm just going to go through them, it's only 12. Uh, the first five released were, were Blockbuster, which was the pack-in. Then you had Bowling, Connect Four, Shooting Star, and Pinball. And then at the end of 1979, they released three other games, Mine Buster, Star Trek Phaser Strike, and eventually they lost the license to that. It was just Phaser Strike. Ah. And uh, Vegas Slots. Then through 81, you got uh, Baseball, Sea Duel, Alien Raiders, Co at Cosmic Hunter. And then, believe it or not, lastly, there was a European exclusive release. Ooh. Super Blockbuster. Super Blockbuster. It was, they planned on re uh, re releasing this in the States. But they decided at this point that uh, let the thing die off. And so that was it. And so 82 was the last year games were released for this thing. The LCD panels on these are interesting. and <laughs> That's how we're going to describe it, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is LCDs of this era were very, very difficult to manufacture. Okay? And so... When you when you made them, if you did it, it was, if there were any imperfection in there, what would happen is the screen would slowly lose its brightness over a period. It's called screen rot. You may have heard of it. Absolutely, it plagued many a system back in the day. Still does. And it the uh, the microvision was no exception. And Absolutely, now, was not. We were very lucky. All right, when I and I I say we were very lucky. Our microvision still works. Yes. But the LCD screen's not the best. In no. fact, it's the worst. Uh, no, not the worst, it's, but it's bad. You can still play games on it, but when me and Brent sat down and played games on it, it was not the easiest thing to do. Uh, and you can forget about getting video footage of this thing. It's oh, not, not, not off ours, no. So luckily, there are, there were, there are, there's some emulation for this thing, so I used some of that just so we could show off what the games look like. I will say, though, I actually played one of these back in the day, and it actually... Uh, looked pretty cool. They were. I was real jealous. I wanted one of these real bad. Yeah, this is not your childhood one. This is one you no, found down below. This the is road. what I got. Yeah, uh, I believe the price is on the front of the box. I got a real good deal on it. Uh, it appears, Aaron. Yeah. What? Oh. That's not Surely you didn't just pay no, a buck. No, I, actually, I must take the price tag off. I got paid. I think to get a microvision to build that game, I think I paid $20, $25. Bucks. That's super we'll go cheap. Over, we'll go over super what these cheap. things go for, but they're not super expensive because they're tough to find. Um, the microvision, like I said, it was a commercial success. Milton Bradley was pleased with it, and so Jay Smith was like, listen, we've got a new idea. It's a 32 by 32 screen. Double, oh, doubling it. up. Uh, and, uh, but Mil Milton Bradley did not think that this was uh, a big enough upgrade to bother with. And so they turned that idea down. He had, they had a couple ideas. Oh, is that really an idea? Well, I mean, you got to think. This was like 1982. And they're like, yeah, uh, we can do it better. I mean, you got to think you're doubling the resolution. It's no, 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 that's not what I'm asking. 
I mean, you, you really approach a, a company and be like, listen, I've got a great idea for a console. It's going to be the same console we've already got, but more powerful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I listen, that's what consoles are. and for, that's, what, that's what they are these days. So they were let, they let this thing go. Of course, eventually, uh, the Vectrix was, came out. Just, it wasn't very long after this when the Vectrix was released and kept those guys going. So you've got to give Jay Smith credit for being a very creative man. I really uh, I, I was impressed with the, both these. And you've got to think, I mean, this thing about today's standards, you look at it, you're like, oh, how quaint or whatever. But in, I can tell you right now, in 1979, when all you had to play was like electronic football, baseball, which are pretty good, but they're basically just little dots of screen. This was pretty neat. The, co- the whole cartridge concept was new. It was fresh. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. I want to stop you yeah. real quick. This is not as good. No, no game that I personally played yeah. was as good as, say, one of the handheld football it's, games. It's close. I played a couple that I thought were pretty good. <clears throat> the, the, the awesomeness of this is when you switch the cartridges, you're, you can switch out controls. Yeah. I mean, yes, you've got the knob at the bottom that is kind of universal, but when you put a cartridge in, it has buttons and stuff. Let me uh, let me spoil a little bit of the party here to illustrate what I'm talking about. So Brent's taking out his game here that he'll be playing this week. And if and you look at the bottom of this, it has arrow keys and fire buttons and stuff. Yeah. Whereas the Blockbuster does not have that. All Blockbuster has is options for the game that you're currently playing. And basically a start button. So if you see this side by side, you can actually add a lot to any game that you're playing just by changing up some of the controls. It's funny you should mention that. Which that that is really awesome. But one of the downsides to that setup is the button. These are the typical 70s era, early 80s push button. Yes. And they were were prone to go bad. Yes. Uh, Anyone that had, like, uh... Uh, Merlins and stuff like that. Those things would go south on you, especially after a lot of extended play. And that was another problem that this thing had. And as far as I can tell, all of the buttons that we have available to try work because we tried we tried both yeah. games. So mine seems to be mine seems to be have light been lightly played. And, and, and something else to note behind that, like this area at the bottom on the console itself is all button area. So. Like, you can have this button work on one game, an up button, we say, because the the panel behind that you're actually pressing works. But then, if it's slightly off to the right or the left, it's in a different place, It maybe that on your console is dead. Yeah. So that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, correct, correct. Uh, just a couple more items before we move along. Uh, the Microvision, the, the non-American release, looks different than the than the American version. And I would say it looks much crappier, if I'm honest. Uh, the one that they got overseas is much lamer looking. The colors are much less interesting looking. The bezels look l- l- lamer. It's just creamy. It's just lamer looking. You know, it's if you're watching at home, you can see the commercial for the European version. It just it just doesn't look as good. It just looks more generic. This one's got a lot more pizzazz. We like pizzazz here in the States, brother. That's the way we do it. <laughs> so, with all that said, I only own two games for this. They've sort of shown you what they both look like. But uh, we'll get into them. 
uh, and then we'll come back with some final thoughts on this thing. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first, as we sort of already showed mine. Uh, and again, it, these games are not, uh, it's not a deep dive here. Well, no, it's a deep dive. It's just a shallow pool. Well, you're right. It's a shallow pool because there, there were only 12 games. We only own two. And there was only, it's a 16 by 16 grid. Yeah. It's not like you could do a ton, but believe it or not, they did more than you would think. So the game I looked at was the pack-in game, which was Blockbuster. Uh, of course, this was released in, at the same time. What is that for? I, it's a blockbusting game. I oh, hate take them. off. Yeah, well, I mean, what am I going to do? I, I know. I know, I know. So this was the original launch title. Uh, this was sort of like the, the, the uh, before Tetris, you had Breakout, right? I mean, <laughs> that's it, so, yeah. This was the Breakout was a big deal. Now, that's something else to keep in mind. Uh, Pong and Breakout, these were still popular games in 79. In the sev- late 70s, yeah, yes. Yeah, so you got to think the, the VCS version of, had been, just been out. You know, and this was still in the arcade, so this would have been a very topical game of its era. Yo, absolutely. Uh, so and, this was released. And the thing is, you had it in the arcade, yeah. right? 76, 77. Yeah. It got brought home 78. Now it's portable. Well, it was, I mean, there were other portable versions of, of, of Blockout Breakout at the time. But this is a portable version that you could also play other games on. Right. So that's, that's the pr- that's, that's the uh, transition. You, that's you've got. a great way to put it. If you think of it that way, you can really see the appeal. Yeah. I get to play the most current, best game plus other stuff. Sign me up, brother. So again, this was uh, released uh, with the console, and this actually has got to use this console sort of secret weapon, which underneath the cartridge slot is a, a is a is a knob, an analog knob. Yeah. And you would use this to uh, control the paddle on this thing. Uh, so this plays just like you would expect Breakout to play, and with a few exceptions. So. Well, I mean, I know you. I know you hate Breakout. So this has you've got uh, a few options here. You've got you can change the size of your paddle, and you can change the speed. Now. Uh, the speed of this is high. It's if you play If you play this on, like, the fastest speed, I mean, I don't know what to say about you. you you're some kind of mutant. Yeah. Uh, this has a few quirks that you don't see in Breakout that much. This is, it's you know, Breakout, the whole point of, of a Breakout-style game is where you, is the position of the paddle will change the position of the, the where the ball goes. Yeah. But sometimes I just mix it up a little bit. This one, you can sit there and get directly and shoot the ball straight up and down and just do it over and over and leave. You can just go get a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, you're knocking out a uh, 16 by 3 grid of blocks. Uh, you use the knob as your analog controller. And I will say, uh, as an analog control, uh, this is a pretty okay effort in terms of an analog control for blocking. This is better than using the joystick. I, I like this. This reminds me of that new system that came out with the crank. Everybody was like, what is this? But I mean, this is much more usable than the crank. But this is tough. This is a tough game. And as a pack-in, one would wonder why they didn't give you an option to make it a little slower. Well, you can make it slower. You just can't make it slow enough. Right. Uh, you also, like I said, you can, you can change the size of your paddle. You can have double or triple. Uh, the triple paddle is three. Keep in mind, this makes it. This is the big paddle. It's three pixels long instead of two pixels long. So if you can go with the double and, and on high speed, you are a mutant. Uh, then there's a button that says go. When you hit the go button, it goes. 
That ball comes out underneath the blocks and comes directly downward, and you better be in position to get there. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing you're forgetting to mention. Okay. It comes out when you hit the go button randomly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have any idea where it's coming from. Randomly. It comes out, and you just have to, you better hope and pray that you've got your your thing in the right spot. Uh, You could also, uh, the, uh, at the marquee, the bezel, I should say, has words on it. It's got your score, and then on your on one side and on the other side, it's got the number of balls. So in between losses, it will show you what what you've got left. So, yeah. which is nice. They do a good job. I think this. Uh, I think uh, Blockbuster does a lot of things right to show off the screen. Okay, but. This was a difficult game, and I would assume, having not played Super Block, uh, Super Blockbuster, that maybe they made some changes to make the game a little more <laughs> approachable. Now, I did get into some games when you clear all. The, believe it or not, I did clear the blocks. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I played a lot. Well, I got to. It's, it, that's my job. I, and <laughs> and uh, and I played not a lot. I played the emulator a lot too. <laughs> and I'll get into some of the other flaws here in a second. But uh, once you clear the blocks out. It just resets the blocks. It's very much just like breakout of the day. That's something else you've got to consider. It's a 16-pixel screen playing games from the 70s. It's not like you're going to be playing Doom on this thing. Well, and, and something else to to really... I'm not giving it a pass on the speed thing. Yeah. But this is what people played back in the day. Yeah. So you had to make it challenging for the players of the era. Oh, and no there, worries. I mean... Breakout, Blockout, Pong, all those type of games are what everyone knew. So if you made it too easy, they're going to get bored. So I, I understand why they probably made it a little faster than they should have for us, you know, 2023 20, folks. But probably back in the day, this was what they were more accustomed to. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think... <laughs> However... Let me, oh, let me ask you a question. Yes. You're a guy in the 70s. You're 70s Brent. So I think they're not Brent. You're a cool guy. Right? You're like, man, I like, I like, I like Breakout. Yeah. I, I, would you be happy to have this and take it around? I mean, would this, how do you think you'd approach Do you think this is going to do the job? Wow. You're asking me uh. to think of a lot of things that aren't part of my nature. I think a portable system like this would, be, would get over. <clears throat> That's all. And it did get over. Here's the problem. And, and this, is, this is the... The monkey in the room, as they say. Uh, no one says that. That's right. No one on earth has ever said that but you. Uh, the gorilla, you idiot. The uh, uh, the screen, this type of screen and motion do not get along yeah, together. that's where I was heading. Um, <coughs> and, and to add on to that, the lighting that you have to have. Now, ours is old. It was probably better back in the day somewhat, but I also know how these screens are. If your lighting is not perfect or near perfect, things get real bad real quick. So, with all of that said, I don't think I would have been like, Blockbuster, this is great. I think I would have been, now the concept, I would have bought into the concept, but having actually touched it and played it, I think I'd have pitched that cart and, and went and got myself something better. Well, but yeah. they can sell you on the concept because everything about the concept, especially coming in the late 70s, sounds perfect. Yeah. So adding this as a pack-in, brilliant. Because yeah. it uses the knob immediately. You get that kind of uh, 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 
uh, feedback uh, when with the controls. You, you, it's something people understood at the time, and it's a system seller, even if it's crap. One thing one would wonder is if, because again, these they made eight million dollars profit on this thing, yeah, in the first year, but the second year the sales waned. Okay? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, we all know just from the way people are that the majority of people that bought the Micro Mission didn't buy any other game. All right, and so it, probably a, and, a large number. And so now them. you're like, is this game going to bring them back? And I don't. And probably no. this is probably better to look at on the box than to play. Yeah, yeah. I will say now it was Brent, a- Brent touched on it, but one of the biggest flaws of Blockbuster <laughs> is the tra- trails. The ball. Yeah, this is it's an LCD screen. It's old. But even back when it was new, the, there were still trails on the screen where you would move around. And this caused you to think your paddle was where it wasn't. And that's a fact. Uh, you would think you had the paddle directly under the ball, but you would just the trail what was lit up as you went by. The funny thing about these microvisions, they really use little power. It's because once you activate an LED square, an LCD square, it stays on. Yeah. And so it really doesn't require a lot of power to power these things, which is kind of neat. And so that was one of the benefits, but again, you're working with an old LCD screen, and so that was it. It, it is what it is. Uh, I believe Robert. I found reviews of this game, uh, and uh, some, these are not. Some of these are actually a couple are contemporary to the time. Pocket Magazine gave this thing four out of five stars. No. Pretty good. Hey, that's I think well deserved. Uh, Are uh, you kidding? <laughs> Give me a break. The video game critic a B minus. Tilt. <laughs> This is a contemporary review. Gave this thing uh, a, a bizarre three out of six stars. Don't ask me. Much uh, closer. Retro Game Reviews gave this three out of ten stars. So there you go. Uh, where would you where would you put this in your pantheon of, of games? Two of five. Uh, Two of well, five. first of all, obviously, as it's been stated many many times on the show, I hate these these block out breakout. Pong type of crap. Yeah. Ate them. Yeah. Um, but I can at least say that the controls on this are stellar. They're the on the console itself. The the uh, uh, analog dial is spot on. You really feel like you're tuning it in. Uh, unfortunately, it falls apart. Falls apart in literally every other aspect. Uh, the screen is too blurry. The action is too fast. The paddle's too small. The boards are too boring. There are no power-ups. There are no initiative to keep going outside of high-score type of affairs. So, I mean, there is nothing here to to latch onto outside of this is a portable handheld system from the 70s. Well, I, I do think that it was a... Uh, it, 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 <clears throat> I think you had... This one says you sort of had to be there, right? We did get a uh, review... Uh, and I'm happy to say, because these aren't these things to review, this is from Jocko6502, who writes in, uh, I don't think it's entirely fair to review the Microvision based on the emulator, because you lack the tactile feedback. <clears throat> but looking at some videos, I was expecting more screen blur, and honestly, it doesn't seem that bad. Blockbuster's actually <laughs> trickier than you think, because you have an analog pad paddle, and you still have to have the hand-eye coordination to make you master the, the breakout. Without the real control, it was hard to play even with a mouse. And in one game, I scored zero because I moved the wrong way on the game start up to seven times. That's, that'll happen. Yep. It happens on the real one, too. 
It could be the emulator, but sometimes the ball would go through the bat. Nope, that just Even happens. when the ball was bouncing vertically and the bat was not moving. Hopefully the real thing isn't as glitchy. Nope, it would it be very is. easy to dismiss the Microvision and Blockbuster, given its simplicity. But trying to look at it through my young eyes, I would have, I would have given up a kidney to get one. And they, part of this was the actual, the display. I mean, the the overall package is very attractive. Yes, it looks it looks more than what it is. Yeah, I mean, that, absolutely. You know, so they it was well built for sure. But that particular game, and I would—I mean, overall, I didn't hate the game. I thought it was okay as a pack-in. But I mean, again, it's—I mean, bit, with the exception, it was completely unplayable. It was—it's not too—it's not—it's no, it's playable. I cleared a whole—I cleared the blocks the first time, but it is hard. I wish they would have started with an easier launch. That would have helped. I, a static launch position would have made a world of difference. And there are some aspects that just can't be best that the. Uh, Screen the screen, board. the screen, yeah. and of course, uh, again, these reviews are taken with a grain of salt because we did play this on one that where the screen is very dim. I had we, I had to do some special but, Game Boy style baloney. Yeah, but we, I mean, we all know if we played on these, we all know what these screens are. Brent, so. why don't you hold up your box and we'll get into what you've got going here? I went with your other pick. Cosmic Hunter. Cosmic Hunter. Now the yes. price is on this one. Yeah. Fifty buckaroos. Actually, I got I got it for half that, and plus five bucks less, so twenty bucks I paid. For that. <laughs> twenty bucks for that. I'm glad we. I'm glad we. Uh, here's we, what here's what the box looks like if you're watching home. They're they're long. They're long because they have to fit the long cartridges in. Yeah, I, I think they're uh, attractive. And on the side, you've got it's funny. One side blank, and then one side you've got microvision. But on no side does it say the name of the game except the tiny little letters right here. It says it. And then here is the actual cartridge itself. Uh, again, you've got uh, 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 the full bezel. Uh, you've got a marquee, and you've got the controls down here, which I think is very clever. And then if you want to look at it from behind, you've got that. I should mention, Brett, before you get into your review, like we said, that the cartridge is actually, the CPU is up in the top part of this thing behind the, yeah. behind the marquee. And they had a problem with people getting in there and touching the... the uh, CPU and electrostatic discharged it to death. Ooh. This was an issue they had because if you lift up right here, there's a little slip that goes in. You could actually fiddle with it, and then you, that would be bad. Yeah, so don't do to, that. They had to tell, teach me how to do that. And I well, should mention, behind the controls, you can see it's just like a layer of thin like plastic back there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so it's just an overlay. A kid could destroy this. Viva La Rasa. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, something else I want to throw out here. The instruction manual... Is a four-panel uh, fold-out, double-sided, uh, mostly black and white outside of the the front cover and uh, uh, some color and like the names and whatnot. I'd say I'd say it's uh, uh, not bad. Th th these are fine. Yeah, yeah. There is nothing wrong with these. Yeah, they they fit perfectly in the box. Well, not perfectly, but they fit well into the box. Yeah. And uh, 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 and it has a couple of styrofoam <laughs> inserts to keep the thing from jostling around. Yeah, yeah, good packing, good yeah. packing for yeah. this. So, what is Cosmic Hunter? Cosmic Hunter, you play as a unnamed bounty hunter, uh, and you are searching for pirates out there in, in, in deep space, or maybe it's on a planet. It doesn't really say. Now, this is all in the manual, of course. There's no like on screen anything. Oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> you don't get and, any and, that. and even the manual is is vague beyond vague. I'm really kind of punching it up here. Um, 
but you you play as a hunter and you are going out there and you are going to get yourself some baddies. Uh, you are represented. Uh, you get your 16 by 16 grid. You are represented by a dot, and uh, the the baddies is represented by a dot, and all of the landmarks, the barriers, the uh, uh, obstructions between you and your your bounty are represented by dots. Yeah, <coughs> lots of dots. I see, I see a trend here. <laughs> um, the object of this is the the gameplay of this is. You are able to capture your bounty two pixels away, uh, orthogonally. That means up, down, left, right. Yeah. Your the person you're trying to capture can kill you in all eight directions right next to you. So you have to maneuver uh, to get close enough using the train. And something else I'm going to mention in a moment. And you want to try to get close, but not too close, capture, and that will uh, uh, get you a point. Something else that it, that is uh, interesting that they chose to do is on game mode one, there are four hidden traps. And when I say hidden traps, I mean not represented on the screen at all. They're well hidden. <laughs> that if you or the uh, bounty, go, the pirate, if you will, go over these dots, you'll be frozen in place for two to three seconds. Um, and if you play on skill difficulty two, there are eight of these traps. I found that the best way to get your bounty captured and the safest way to do it is find one of these traps, wait until the bounty comes close to you, try to maneuver him into one of these traps. He'll be frozen for a couple of seconds, and then you can zap him and get your point. Oh, um, because the you you move the cardinal directions up, down, left, right, uh, and you can move as fast as you can press the button. So you can move pretty quickly. However your bounty is some kind of evil alien creature that moves at Mach 50 in every direction and completely at random, it seems, which makes, which makes predicting where he's going to go incredibly annoying and difficult. So you have, that was the only strategy I could find to get some sort of uh, consistent point win. When you capture your bounty... One of the obstacles that were on the board, one of the, the dots that just sat there and you can't go through them, but he can't go through them either, will come to life and that becomes your new bounty. And you can eventually clear the entire screen. I, I never even got close. No one's ever going to do that. It's ridiculously difficult. Uh, but it does, The one of those dots will come to life uh, almost a la Pingo. Uh, when you know the new guys bust out of the ice, and you capture him, which means there are less obstacles on the screen, which is bad for you because you really want to use those to to block the direct path between you and the bad guy. Sort of like Archon, <laughs> you need to, you need a more crap on the yeah. screen to avoid the better guy. Um, so is I guess the most important thing is this fun for about twenty minutes. I, this is a, 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 a game. 
This, well, I mean, yeah. But I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a real game. Now, I will say, I only, I only had, I only played this on the actual, our actual microvision, and this one is much more difficult to play than the other one to me in terms of uh, being what? Able to, you know, no, to, no, visually to see the dot. I mean, it's on my screen. It's tougher to see. Okay. Uh, so I had, I had more trouble playing this one, but I like this sort of uh, the chase part of it. I, 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 I think this is okay. I mean, is any of the games of this series, if you play like electronic football, a 20 minutes is about what you're going to get oh, in a, in a oh, play no. session. No, you remember that electronic football game we I've had? I've got one. At the, I've got Let me one tell of, you something. I'll keep it I played that well, constantly. I think this... Constantly. I think, this, I, this is a good effort here, I think. I think they I, did a good job I, on this I, one. I, I, I don't disagree, but I certainly don't agree either. And the reason why is... Outside of going around, running into the traps yourself, and hoping during that time that the bad guy doesn't come and get you, and then trying to get the bad guy, because the bad guy doesn't come towards you, necessarily. Um, Like I said, it's almost like he's completely programmed in random. But if you find where a trap is and can possibly lure him that direction, that is literally the only strategy. And I say that because if you try to just run up to the bad guy and hit the button fast enough to capture him, it, it, it's it's less than a 50-50. It's more like a, a 75-25 that you're going to just die because he'll run at you at a diagonal pattern. He can move way faster than you can, even if you're just slamming the button. Uh, and he moves diagonally, which makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. The the the, yeah, issue, you ain't kidding <clears throat> the issue with this game is uh you can't you just can't sit here and do this forever. There's not enough substance here. Like you said, you've got to lower your expectations. Yeah. All right? And I get that. But you're literally a dot your opponent is a dot, the screen is covered in random dots. Yes, you can trigger your imagination. You can see yourself as a bounty hunter going through an asteroid field, or maybe you're a bounty hunter and this is a forest you're trying to navigate through. But you can only do that for so long before you're just like, man, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So I enjoyed this game. I'm not killing it. I'm not killing it. But you. Ha- but this is not, I mean, <laughs> football would have been a, a much more fun time even if it was crap. There's just not enough here to hold your interest. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with pretty much everything you said. I think the game is fun for a, a few, for a little bit. Uh, it's, but it ultimately, it's just like all these games. Breakout, I mean, uh, Blockbuster is the same exact thing. You're going to get a limited amount of use for these. Now, on the flip side of this, it's 1979. You're at a bus stop or on the subway. You're going to be the only guy on earth that can do anything but sit there and look at the nothing or look at the newspaper. You can yeah. play a game. Yes. And so uh, uh, the fact that they sold the system on the on the basis that the games would be inter- uh, interchangeable, the fact that they were twenty bucks a piece now twenty bucks in nineteen seventy nine is probably about fifty sixty bucks now. If I'm honest, so they weren't. It's not like they, they were giving cheap, them away no. you know, at the time. Atari games are pretty expensive too. You know, about the same same era. Uh, but for the most part, I thought this was okay. Now I will say, I think this is more of a game than. Uh, Blockbuster, but I play Blockbuster more because I like the breakout. 
Blockbuster is a lot like Texas. You can just sit there and kind of play it indefinitely. Not this version, you can. No. <laughs> most of the other versions, no. you can. You know, uh, did you look in the, up anything on eBay on this thing or anything? Well, I, I saw reviews for this game. Yeah. Uh, the all all modern day reviews, and everybody crapped all over this. Oh yeah. And I, I don't think that's fair. I, again, this is a this is in modern terms, this game's garbage. Yeah. But you can't look at something like this in modern terms. You have to look at it. How fun would this have been back in the day? And I, even back in the day, it's not some super winner. But it's not a it's not a two out of ten. It's yeah. not, it's not a, a, a three out of ten. There is some substance here. It is just not much. Admittedly, it's just not much. Yeah. Um, on eBay, the the going price for these are about thirty six bucks boxed. Oh, I got a deal. So, you know, it not tremendous. And really, no box, just loose carts are going for about the same price. Uh, these didn't get an international release. This is one of about six cartridges only released in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't know if that makes it rare, but yeah. it, it makes it more uncommon than some of the games. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I, I think when you're, when you're seeing this and you're, and you're viewing it, you have to put yourself back in the time period, and it then becomes a lot more impressive. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Just, and just to close the door on this a little bit, I looked up some stuff on eBay. Uh, so the it's as of now, as the recording of this, the micro vision is not what I would call a hot collection. Although they are becoming rarer, the yeah. price has gone up, and the, <clears> if you can find one that's functional, they're becoming exceptionally rare. That's why I feel so fortunate to have mine. They're all going to not function at some point now. I have read that you actually can replace the screen. It's a thought. If I was going to replace the screen, it'd probably be the microbit just because it's such an oddity. Yes. You know, and it would be neat to be able to have one that you could actually play all the games as they were planned. You know? Here's the other thing. This is a system you could theoretically collect all of. Yeah, yeah. None of the carts are this unbelievably... Incredible rare cart, at least none that I, I don't know saw. about the European only one. That's the only one I, I didn't look right. into that one. Um, but this is something that if you had the skill and the ability to replace the screen, which is by far the major failing point, if you could add, update it with some kind of backlight especially, this is something you could complete, you could collect to completion, and feel good about it. This might be something fun that, that someday homebrewers might, if you get particularly clever, you might be able to come up with something that they didn't think <laughs> Yeah, of. yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, That'd be tough. So I looked this up. I saw the boxed consoles going from anywhere between 26 bucks. I even saw one go for 235 bucks that was sealed. It was never been opened. Ooh. It was in pristine shape. So that's, but I mean, generally, you're going to go for under $100, well under $100 for the console box. With Blockbuster, because it comes with it. And even the sealed one, it could they could have a dead screen right out of the box. Right. I've also seen Blockbuster is. go uh, by itself, because, <clears throat> uh, of course, there was no box when it came with the pack yeah. in. For 25 bucks, 19 bucks, 13 bucks. Just one, real one quick thing before, I went, uh, before we go. I played some of the additional games that were on here. Uh, I tried bowling. Uh, bowling is the old, the dot goes back and forth. You hit the button and try to knock all the pins down. It's okay. It's yep. okay. We've seen games like it before. I also played pinball. Pinball is also sort of like uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. The ball zooms around. you got to be quick. It's just like Blockbuster some stuff up on the middle of the screen. The best game I played on this, uh, by far, was Vegas Slots. 
this is a slot machine simulation, and it actually has payouts, and it lists all the different uh, in the book. It lists all the different payouts on the uh, the, the odds, uh, you know, because they you can make shapes. This thing was by far the most interesting game I saw. It was the Vegas slots game, which came out uh, at the end of '79. I think that if you're going to get one, I think that's probably not the worst idea. Like Brent said, most of these don't go for that much money. So if this would be a fun one to collect if you were so inclined. Yeah. And if you didn't want to part with too much of that sweet, sweet cash. Now, Aaron. Yes, sir. I wonder if I didn't want to part with some of that sweet, sweet cash. Yeah. But I had a computer that needed some fixing, that needed some repairing. Yeah. Where do you think I'd go? Listen, if I was going to get something fixed right. and, I, I, and I was short on the wad, there's only one place to go. In North America, for sure, and maybe all over the world, and that's BAM! Retro Rewind. Wow! Retro Rewind, up in the friendly confines of Canada, has got you your hookup for classic computer repair and parts. you have anything in the Commodore line, the Commodore 64, the Commodore 16, the Vic, the uh, 128, all the way up to the Amiga 1000, the 500, the 1200, everything right up the line, Frank your hookup. Absolutely. Frank can sell you parts. He can do services. He can do repairs. You need a recap job done. Frank will take care of you, and he won't break the bank. And he ships it back as fast as you humanly can. He also has diagnostic cartridges and replacement parts if you want to fix the thing yourself. He goes right up the line, including flash solutions, SD solutions, accelerators for your 600, and you've got a TRS-80 computer. You're not out of the loop, brother because Frank will hook you up with diagnostic cartridges or diagnostic cartridges if you're from the South. And he'll also set you up with an SDC, SD card solution. He's got everything covered for your Cocoa Commodore system. Please give Frank a chance at RetroRewind.ca. Once you've tried him out, you'll never go anywhere else, Brent. Absolutely. Now, what do we got this week on the wheel, my friend? And it's a special week. It is? It is? It's a special weekend. We are going to add a little thing called... I can't find it. Uh, so special. Oh, yes! Oh, Aaron. Now, see, this this requires a slight backstory. Oh, jeez. Okay, go ahead. And, and I think you'll, you'll be on board with me on this one. We had a slight discussion on Discord. Yeah. And people were complaining, Aaron. They, they were? were saying, you know what? There are no good FMV games out there. They were saying that? Yeah. yeah. And we were like, what are you talking about? There's some good FMV games out there. No, there's some crap. One of my top games from last year was an FMV game. Yeah, there's some crap games out there, but yeah. there are some good FMV games out yeah. there. And to prove it, we've got good FMV games on the wheel. So what does that mean? We have to pick ones that are great? That's right. That's a lot of pressure. And for the, oh boy, I didn't mean to put this on here. Uh, for the Retro Rewind, I thought I was putting the Turbo Graphics on there, but I didn't. I put the Turbo Graphics CD on oh, there. Oh, that's okay. We can do that. We can do that. Fire so, that thing up, Brent. Here we go. Nice Man, good spin. Hey, what do we got, Brent? We have we a winner. have D-Makes. D-Makes. Yes. Okay. So these are games that have been... Uh, how would you explain this? Put out on systems that that uh, couldn't handle the original, and so they've been made uh, to fit the console, right? Does that make sense? That's it. 
And this was suggested by Pachaco6502. You know, I'll, I'm going to come out and say it. Yeah. I don't like D-Makes. Oh. I don't like them. Oh, wait but, a minute. But all that said. Wait a minute. I don't, I don't know. Are you saying Pajaco's some kind of jerk? No, I'm saying you're a jerk. Are you saying you hate Pajaco? No, I'm not saying that. Oh, Pajaco, we're going to have to get you in witness protection. Aaron's after you. I don't like I don't like D-Makes all that much. That much said, I'm ready to be blown away by some <clears throat> D-Make that I can't comprehend how great it is. Oh, look, you now Pajaco's <laughs> leaving. I hope you're happy. Let's talk a minute, Brent. Uh, we've got a, a, a huge event coming up next weekend. Oh, my gosh. Now, you're listen, not kidding. Uh, we talk about events now and again, but there's one, the, the big grand day of them all, and that's Amigathon. Amigathon 2023, uh, next Saturday, starting at 8 a.m., over at the boat basement. It's going to be on with 12 straight hours of nothing but Amiga games to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network. Uh, if you are so inclined and like to help out the kids, give a little to charity, you can go over to Amigathon.com right now. You can go there right now. And, and if you're watching this six months down the line, yeah. you can still do it. That's right. Uh, we have raised, as of uh, right now... Thirteen hundred and fifty bucks. That's before it even began. That's right. Because those people want to get in there, get their donations in, and just sit back, relax. Yeah. And by the way, we'll put you over on the show if you donate early. Don't worry. With all that said, if you can't uh, donate to the Children's Miracle Network, listen. Don't don't get bummed out. Mm-mm. What do they do? All they have to do is say, "Hey, other guy," or "Hey, chat room," or "Hey, Facebook." Go check these guys out. They're doing a good thing for a for a good call. That's right. That's it. Spread word the word, yeah. baby. Yeah, because some somebody somewhere might think it's times are tough. You know, it's tough times. Uh, it's tough all over though, including for the hospitals that take care of these kids. So if you could flip a few bucks, that'd be dandy. And we're going to be playing games, twelve hours of games. I've already got a few lined up. I'll see you at one. Yeah, you're there at eight a.m. Bright eyed. No, 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 seriously. Oh I'll yeah, see you're going to be there. <laughs> now the big question is the brand. Normally, traditionally, we we do not record an ARG on the week of Megathon, and I'm assuming we're, we're going to come back in two weeks to play D Maze. Give us plenty of time to work on that. Does that sound fair to you? Yes. You seem dazed. Maybe who knows what we'll do, but. One thing's for sure, we'll be at Amigathon, and that's for darn sure, February 18th. That's literally, as we, as we record this, six days away. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, I also want to mention, hey, it's not too far down the line. It's Boat Fest. Boat Fest. Boat Fest 2023. This is, please stop that. My God. This is June. You're going to, people are going to be canceling their appearances at Boat Fest. June 23rd through the 25th, it all goes down in that scenic historic downtown hurricane West Virginia hurricane if you will for boat fest 2023 I can't wait and I'll tell you why this year I've got some extra room for a little air and action I'm bringing I'm bringing everything I'm making you bring that system you refused to bring last year I'm bringing the microvision I'm bringing the vectrix I'm bringing every I'm bringing the uh every goofy thing I've got I'm bringing all the ARG classics that I own are going to be there What's that stupid educational thing that I've got? The so crates. The so crates <laughs> is going to be there. Get your so crates on. I'll even have the art pad there for you to try. Hey, listen, where are you going to try this stuff? Also, I'm going to be bringing my collection of the worst games on the Amiga. They'll be there to take your photos. Oh Lord, with. where are we going to put thousands of games at? No, to take off Boat Junior. What a jerk! 
So this, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have uh, live shows. We're going to have special attractions. Uh, Frank will be there for Retro Rewind doing uh, doing his gimmick. He'll be he'll be fixing stuff there. It should be a great time. So please mark it down your calendar. Seats are limited, and that's a shoot. We've got and the mayor's gonna yeah. be there, so we can't get over. There's no shenanigans. Yeah, Once we, we hit the limit, we're done. We can't fire code this one up, folks. So please, if you're so inclined, go over to what the you know the address for Boat Fest, bro. Let's see if we can find it real quick. Boat Fest. Boat Fest. Would you stop Boat, doing Boat, that? Boat My God, that is that is what <laughs> what makes you think that that's good? I can't figure it out. Who said I did it for good? So if you uh, if you if you basically Google Boat Fest 2023, you should get right to it here, and you, you won't be put on any here. list. Because I don't ha- I don't actually have a guy. Uh, keep going. Yeah, All I don't right, have a thing for it. So listen, we'll be back uh, next week for Megathon. Any final thoughts, the Brent? No. There you go. Until next week, run out now and get micro. Thanks for joining us today. We really have you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Devin Styles for our Vector Style Graphics and Park Fit for our amazing music. If you'd like to help keep ARG spinning, you can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Rarolet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalgy, Air Shack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Rawn, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Brown, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitterblitter, Pijaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob, Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo, and L. The Slow Terry Howard, Full of Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. 